We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, Justin Mello. And we do have a little bit of Titans news to talk about here. One week out from the start of free agency, Justin, how's it going? Doing well. I think last week we talked about how finally stuff was happening on a Monday and we got to talk about it. We're on a roll. Because yeah. there's a lot happening in the world of the Tennessee Titans right now. And once again, we get to talk about it. Well, I got to pat you on the back a little bit here because you said it last <laughs> week. Once these teams and these general managers and personnel executives all get to Indianapolis together, the conversations start happening and we start to learn stuff, you know, because the media is there as well and we, we everyone gets to hear things. So we have learned a bunch of stuff and we're going to go through some things Titans related today. Could the Titans potentially trade up in the draft for their quarterback of the future? Apparently, they've called about it. Will the Titans extend Jeffrey Simmons sometime before a holdout happens? Or will they trade him? We're going to talk about what the latest is with Jeffrey Simmons. Bud Dupree has reportedly going to be cut, just as we discussed on last week's episode, that it'll probably happen after the start of the new league year. But Ian Rappaport reported that today, so we'll talk about what that means for the Titans. And finally, the big bombshell. Titans fans are going crazy about this one. Would they really, one year after trading their superstar wide receiver, A.J. Brown, would they really trade Derek Henry, the identity of the Tennessee Titans? Well, apparently they have been shopping him around, so we're going to dive into that at the end of this episode. But first, Justin, will the Titans trade up to number one overall? I mean, I don't think they will. Um, <laughs> number, number one's a long way to go, right, from 11. And I think on the that's true on the flip side as well, right? I think for the Bears, number 11 is a long way to go down, right, from number one. If, if, you're, tra- if you're Chicago, if you're trading this pick, and you are, right, you're definitely trading this pick. Um, I, I think the end goal is, of course, to get a bunch of picks in return, which you're going to get because it's the number one pick, but it's to get a bunch of picks in return and still position your, yourself to draft Will Anderson from Alabama or Jalen Carter from Georgia, barring all this off-field stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's arisen and, and, that's, and that's fairly concerning. But, it, you know, again, I, I don't want to get too much into that because that's Chicago's decision to make. But if you're not taking him off your draft board, this is very clearly a Will Anderson and Jalen Carter draft class on the defensive side of the ball. So, And they need a defensive stud. They've got no one right now, right? Like, this is a franchise that historically has had the Khalil Max and the Brian Urlachers, and you can go on and on, but they don't have that guy right now. So ideally, you'd like to trade out of that pick and, and still get a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter if you're comfortable with, with the off-field stuff. You, that's not going to happen if you. I mean, maybe you get Jalen Carter at eleven, right? <laughs> I guess who knows, right? Uh, now it's a little bit more unpredictable, but I don't think the Bears would want to go down to eleven. I don't know that the Titans. I'll say this before we get into the Jeffrey Simmons conversation. I think the only way, and this sounds crazy, and I'm not trying to deliver a hot take. 
the only way I think Titans can get to one from 11 is by including Jeffrey Simmons, in my opinion. I really? think that's something that the Bears would at least entertain. Because look, if they're going down to 11 and they're not getting Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, if they get Jeffrey Simmons out of that, they can probably reason with that, right? They can ration that and say, hey, okay, we're still getting a defensive superstar um, and we go down to 11 and we get a bunch of other picks obviously as well. You rarely see players involved in trades like that. Right. I remember when I mean, the Colts traded or traded for DeForest Buckner. Remember they gave up like 15th overall or 14th overall. Obviously, A.J. Brown went for a first-round pick, as we know. But when it comes to number one, I think you rarely see players being involved. That's the only way I can see that happening. I think if they're going to trade up, they're better off. And it's still a long way to go, but calling Arizona, getting the third pick, calling uh who's at six again refresh my memory six is detroit right the, now the lions yeah the lions who also have 18 so maybe you, you know the, the lions don't need they're probably not drafting a quarterback you'd have to try to get in front of the raiders there right so you go up to six because the raiders are seattle seven. seattle just signed geno smith to a yeah. three-year extension they have the fifth pick in the draft and they've got a second first rounder as well, I believe. So they might right. be willing to come down as well uh, from five. You, you might you might have to go to five and all. Because if you go up to six, maybe the Raiders, you have to do it late enough because then the Raiders can go up to five, right? Right. So, so that's you, you've got to take all that into account. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think they're going to trade for the number one pick, but that's not the only topic here. I think the topic in general is, are they going to trade up, period? for a quarterback, right? A lot of smoke coming. We've obviously, you know, made fun of some of those rumors in the past. Now you've got uh, the, uh, uh, the pro football focus podcast, right? I think it's NFL stock exchange with, with Trevor and Connor talking about how they heard the Titans might want to move up. Seems to be a lot of smoke here, right? I think that's one thing that we can't ignore is you keep hearing the Titans connected to a move up for a quarterback. So it feels like we can't ignore it, which, you know, we're not doing, but, it's going to be interesting, right? Who's their guy? CJ Stroud is the rumor. Um, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that they're going to be high enough to get Bryce Young. I still think Bryce Young's, you know, probably the first quarterback drafted, and I say that lightly because Anthony Richardson put on a hell of a show at the at the combine. I wouldn't be surprised now if Richardson gets drafted before, um, like CJ Stroud and Will Levis. I, I still mm -hmm. think Young is up there. But whoever Tennessee's guy is, it'll be interesting to see if they feel strongly enough to try to go get him. Well, what's interesting to me is that there there's so many things about this, but I totally agree with you that it's way more likely Tennessee trades up for their quarterback of the future, but not all the way to number one. So I am looking around the fifth, sixth pick. And if you assume that Houston takes Bryce Young at two, Indy has been linked to Will Levis a lot. I don't know if that's just the media connecting like dots, like a guy who would fit the system or whatever, or if there's actual interest been reported there. But let's just for hypothetical sake, say Indy takes Will Levis at four. Then you're sitting there, fifth pick, sixth pick. Vegas is going to probably take a quarterback at seven. You got Anthony Richardson. You got C.J. Stroud. The rumors are, as you said, that the Titans prefer C.J. Stroud of all these quarterbacks. That was reported by Teron Davenport over the weekend. But Teron also reported that it was very possible the Titans would keep Bud Dupree. And like literally one day later, they have announced plans to to not keep Bud Dupree. So I also wonder how this whole new regime under Rand Carthon is going to, to play out because under John Robinson, the Titans were famously one of the most tight-lipped organizations. You did not get a lot of nuggets about who they were interested in the draft. Anytime it felt like you did get a nugget about who they might be targeting, they didn't ever follow through with what they were reported to be interested in. 
With Rand Carthon now in charge, Mike Vrabel's still there, so maybe Mike Vrabel has influence in that. Maybe Rand Carthon has wants to develop better relationships with the media and actually feed them information. Maybe he wants to do what we all saw San Francisco do two years ago. Do you remember how much smoke there was with Mac Jones to the Niners at three overall? And everyone in the media was convinced, like, holy crap, they're actually going to do it. They're actually going to take Mac at three. And then, like, a day before the draft, it was like, no, 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 they still like Trey Lance. Rand Carthon was there for all that. So if the Titans actually like somebody else and all this smoke starts appearing about them loving C.J. Stroud or any of these quarterbacks, I will find it hard to believe that they actually like anyone until we see who they pick on draft day. If they, I mean, they could stay at 11, pick a tackle, like we have no idea what they're going to do, and then you'd say maybe they didn't get the value for this pick or maybe this was all nonsense, smoke screen to begin with, right? Like it's impossible for us to ever know. But I do think, um, last point here, the top quarterback taken in the draft, it's pretty rare that they are the best quarterback in the class, right? I mean, you got Joe Burrow, definitely probably the best quarterback in his class. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, is he the best? I mean, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Tua or Trevor Lawrence? I think right now most people would take Herbert. You look at, you know, the year Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were drafted. Like, Josh Allen was the third quarterback taken. You look at the year Patrick Mahomes was taken. He was not. You know, Mitch Trubisky was famously the first quarterback drafted in that class. So... All that to say, like, you don't have to go all the way up to number one to get the best guy in the class. If you think that the guy that you are targeting can fit your system and you can get the most out of him, somebody like Anthony Richardson, who, you know, has had accuracy problems in college, inconsistency, we'll call it in college, only started, what, 13 games for Florida. So he's got a lot of developing probably to do. But if you think he has the highest upside, and then the big question is, how does his combine performance change your tape evaluation if at all because he set records for quarterback athleticism but does that change how he you know manages a game as a quarterback it's all going to be interesting to see how how these reports come out over the next few weeks over who people like and which teams like which guys and etc etc he's also what 6'4 245 pounds or something along those lines big guy absolutely ridiculous measurements and ridiculous tests you're talking about one of the most athletic quarterbacks from a testing perspective we've ever seen right so i imagine he did his pre-draft stock in a lot of favors yeah. uh, in indianapolis but uh, the last point i'll say on this is i think it's easy to connect the titans to stroud right and i'm not saying that it's incorrect or lazy or anything like that but ohio state guy mike vrabel's an ohio state guy i do think he's the best anticipatory thrower in this class and that's a really important trait at the next level, he's my quarterback, too, on my big board. He has been the whole time. He's going to stay there. I still have Bryce Young as QB1, but it's honestly super close for me. I mm. uh, Again, Stroud, I think, throws with anticipation better than any of them, and that's a really, really important underrated trait at the next level, and that's something the Titans have talked about valuing as well, right? I think when, when Rand Carthon did that piece, I think you shared with me talking about evaluating quarterbacks, I think he talked about anticipation, right? Throwing with anticipation. And I think C.J. Stroud is the best in this class. You saw it at the Combine, right? His throwing session was terrific. And I know they're yeah. throwing against error, and I, I usually don't put a ton of stock into that, and I, I still don't. But it was it was an incredible session for him, right? It was it was as good as you'll see. In all honesty, I don't, I don't really think it could have gone better for Daniel him, Jeremiah. So. Said it was the best combine quarterback workout that he's scouted. There you go. And Daniel Jer- Jeremiah is a goat, right? He knows exactly what he's talking about, and he's been to a lot of combines, right? He's seen a lot of good quarterbacks have a lot of good throwing sessions. So, um, no, I think that does it for this topic. I'm following along with intrigue. I, I, 
you know, again, I'm of the opinion, if you're convinced this guy's a franchise guy, I get the argument for going to get him. I think on the flip side, you have to know how much you're going to give up and how many holes you have on your roster. And you also got to think about putting this guy in a good position, right? That plays such a big role in success at the next level. What, what position am I putting this guy in? And it may not be a very good one, right? If you're, if you're trading essentially all your picks to go get them. So the, the Titans got to walk a fine line there. Of course, only they can make that decision. But I do think there's enough smoke here where there could be a little fire. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll say on this is that I agree with you about putting the guy in position. I don't think the Titans right now have the infrastructure to like throw a rookie quarterback in and find success. The offensive either. line needs a lot of work. The pass catchers need a lot of work. If you trade away Derrick Henry, then what support are you really giving this this uh, new quarterback? So I think that that is all to be discussed. I still think the best path for the Titans, if you want to have long-term success, is to lose a lot in 2023 and draft Caleb Williams in 2024, but use 2023 to build a foundation, to build up that offensive line, to add a weapon or two, and then continue to do so in 2024. I don't know if, I mean, maybe I'm overrating Caleb Williams, but I think he's going to be one of the next great quarterbacks in this in the NFL. So I think that would be my preferred route. But I agree with you if the Titans think this is the guy who's going to lead us to a Super Bowl, do what you have to do to get him. Where could they get more picks to to either build up a roster or to trade up in the draft? Well, they could trade Jeffrey Simmons. And I think that's the next topic here on our on our rundown. Jeffrey Simmons removed all of Titans posts, related posts on his Instagram. He deactivated his Twitter. Um, it was reported by somebody that the Titans have begun discussions with Jeffrey Simmons on a new contract. So is this just the classic, oh, we're negotiating for a contract, better wipe my social media? Or are the Titans looking to deal another superstar one year after trading A.J. Brown? Or is this nothing? And we'll hear about Jeffrey Simmons' contract extension in April, May, June, July. What do you think this is going to lead to? I mean, you'd still like to think they get a deal done, right? This is a classic negotiation tactic, right? To wipe the social media. I, I think it's kind of silly. I don't really get it. I don't think it does much for you. Yeah, I guess I from the player's either. perspective, they think it applies pressure because you do get everyone talking on social media. And then, of course, what Jeffrey Simmons probably thinks benefits him and his agent probably thinks benefits them is of course you get the overreaction from the fan base and you hope the team sees the overreaction and how bad the fans don't want this team to trade this player and that starts to make the team a little desperate and cave and, and give in to the demands right that's that's probably the line of thinking behind it Paul Kuharski and Taylor Lewan had a pretty funny exchange on Twitter where Kuharski called it childlike behavior and um, pointed and then back and forth with Lewan and Le- and he said to Lewan you didn't do it when you got your negotiation, you didn't wipe social media. And I thought it was interesting that Lawan admitted that his uh, agent recommended it to him or said it's one thing you can do to try to push along negotiation. Right. So obviously this is an agent thing where a lot of them will, will give this option to their client. Simmons has obviously taken that advice and wiped the social media. You remember I famously said uh, never say never when it comes to trading AJ Brown last yes. year. I'll keep that same attitude and never say never. Although I, I have no idea how you sell it to your fan base a, a year after dealing. By the way, we're also going to trade Jeffrey Simmons now. You'd like to think they get a deal done. Is there a universe out there where they're like, hey, we're, this is going to be a bad football team uh, for the next two years, maybe three. You hope not that long, but maybe. 
Why are we going to pay a defensive tackle $30 million a year by the time we're good enough to compete? He's in his, I'm thinking worst case scenario here, right? But if it takes a few years to build, he's already in like his eighth season, right? Or his seventh or eighth season. He's probably not a guy that's going to be playing at a high level 11 years in, 12 years in, right? At, a, at the level that he's playing at now, right? So is that something you potentially think of? I mean, again, I'll say never say never. I just have a hard time dealing with the optics, right? If I was Miss Amy Adams Strunk specifically, and you know, knowing what how the fan base reacted to the AJ Brown trade, I think you've got a pretty good idea um, of how they react to a Jeffrey Simmons trade. And um, keep in mind, at the end of the day, this is still a business for her, and business means ass in seats. And uh, if you trade Jeffrey Simmons a year after trading AJ Brown, you're essentially admitting and signaling you're going to be a, a really bad football team. And um, I, I don't know how ticket sales and, are going to look. I mean, I think I do know, but I think you know what I mean by that. And you got a new stadium you're trying to fill those seats with. So on the way, at least in a couple if of I years. I can quickly add, is it, a, you know what? For trading Jeffrey Simmons now gives us the assets to be better when that new stadium opens. And that's when we really want to fill seats, right? When that stadium opens. I mean, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but that could be the pushback on, hey, we're opening a new stadium. Well, the good news is we're bailing on the one we have now and it's not in 20 it's not it's not in 2023 we're opening it. So Right, that's true. I will say Aaron Donald won a Super Bowl in his eighth season with the Rams. <laughs> Maybe eight seasons not too bad, right after signing an extension, right? Um yeah, ultimately, I think this is all a lot of, I mean, I said this last year, but whatever. I think this is all a lot of noise about nothing. I think Simmons will sign an extension. He'll be one of the highest paid defensive tackles in the league. Everyone will be happy. He'll come back to lead a defense that should hopefully be a little bit improved from last year because, I mean, they were good, but, well, I don't know. Will they be good? I don't know. Bud Dupree, cut. That's our next story. Anything else on Simmons before we get to that? No, um, one thing, and I hate to say this, and I'm probably going to sound like an idiot, but I, I do want to, <laughs> I think it's worth acknowledging is that a lot of times NFL teams don't always have the you know escrow, cash up front, cash flow to do what they always want to. I think we sometimes think these people, again, and they are billionaires obviously, but when it comes to cash up front, cash on hand, that's not always something that's as common as people think. And I, I wonder if they could hit a snag in negotiations with him where you know that signing bonus, that guaranteed money, how much is it going to be? It's going to be a lot of money, right? With, with, with the Titans pouring a lot of money into a new stadium and knowing what they have to financially commit to that on their end, part of me wonders if that could eventually become an issue when it comes to the cash that is going to be required up front on the dotted line to sign Jeffrey Simmons. And it's probably not. I'm probably an idiot, but it's something that crossed my mind. It should just be noted that that's a, a possibility, but I think it's not probably going to be a huge have a huge impact on this. I would hope, otherwise, you know, they're not going to ever be a successful NFL franchise. But anyway, I think that that uh, wraps up the Simmons discussion. Bud Dupree was released. Well, he hasn't been released. It's reported by Ian Rappaport that Bud Dupree will be released by the Titans. He's due seventeen point eight million dollars, I think, something like that. Um, this year, I think the Titans can save, what would we say, $10.5 million. Maybe it's more with this whole bonus. It's kind of unclear how much they can actually save, but I think it's around $10 million. Do you know the exact number? I think if it's a pre-June 1st, it's like nine point four with a 10 mil dead cap. And if it's post-June, it's 15 
um, with uh, of course spreading out that right. cap across two years. But I'm not getting the right. impression as of now that this is post June. I think they're gonna take the nine right. and a half savings now. No, there's some other caveat in this in this contract where if he's on the roster on the start of the league year, the dead cap is less or something. There's so there's a reason the Titans are waiting till the league year starts to make this release. But anyway, it's been reported that he will be released. And before we really discuss that, I want to hit my beef of the week. Beef of the week presented by the pharmacy burger parlor and beer garden, the best beef, the best burgers, the best brats, the best brews in Nashville. Head over to the pharmacy. Tell them the music city audible sent you my beef of the week this week is with the Twitter army. And this is not a shot at anyone that we like because there's going to be people that we like and are friendly and friend, even friends with involved in this group of people that I'm beefing with. But Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's all, this is just opinions. This is nothing personal. But over the last week or so, there was this like contingent of people on Twitter who came out of the woodwork saying like, you know, maybe the Titans won't release Bud Dupree. They can actually restructure his contract and it'll just, you know, they, they push the dead money off to next year. And then, you know, they, they save the same amount of money if they restructure. They save the $10 million, Maybe he'll just be on the roster. And then Teron Davenport went on the radio. I think he was on, on the radio. Was it on Bucks? I don't know. He went on Stillman. on somewhere. Stillman, I think. Stillman's, that's right. He went on Stillman's show and said that it was, very, quote, very possible the Titans would keep Bud Dupree. And then all these people started saying, like, well, actually, the Titans should keep Bud Dupree. Blah, blah, blah. What are you guys talking about? We, we said this from the beginning. Even when all the cuts happened and Bud Dupree wasn't part of the cuts, we were like, Bud Dupree will also be cut. Like, it was just a known fact. We all knew it. All Titans fans knew it. And then for some reason, people started convincing themselves that he wouldn't be cut. And then today, Monday, the day of this recording, Rap Sheet says Bud Dupree is going to be cut. So I just, like, we do this as a, as a fan base and as a Twitter community and just, like, people in general. We talk ourselves into something when we knew the the, the actuality before we talked ourselves into it. And we, like, somehow came to the opposite conclusion. And then what we originally thought comes true and we're like oh why did we ever talk ourselves out of this that's my beef of the week is with the people who talked themselves out of bud dupree being cut well i'm in agreement with you because you and i discussed whether or not they should cut him last week in fact we made it our social post of the week we posted it on twitter a clip should the titans cut bud dupree will they cut bud dupree this was always a no-brainer to me and i i, I agree with you because i don't know why we had to overcomplicate this like what do you do how do you how do we come up with who they should release? This was very straightforward. He never came anywhere close to living up to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. Look, he had the ACL that bothered him, but he had it when they signed him, he, but he couldn't come back from it very strongly. He had the hip injury. He appeared in 22 of a potential 34 games in two years. He gave them seven combined sacks in two years. I have no idea why anyone thinks Bud Dupree should have been on this roster in 2020. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> it was just as obvious as cutting Taylor Lewan. I think it was almost more obvious than cutting Robert Woods. Just as obvious as cutting Zach Cunningham. Like all of it is a no-brainer. They had to there was like he did not give them 15, 16 million dollars a year worth of production. He they he gave them five million dollars a year worth of production, four million dollars a year worth of production. And that's what they're going to, they can go do. They can probably go sign someone and get seven or eight. They got it out of DeMarcus Walker who pl played for a million dollars last year. Right. DeMarcus Walker was a better football player in 2022 than Bud Dupree was. So right. why would they pay Bud Dupree 15, 16 million dollars next year? They could probably re-sign DeMarcus for three and a half million a year. And I'm not saying DeMarcus Walker is a starting caliber player, but neither is Bud Dupree at this point, right? Until, until we know he's back from injury. So 
it was always a no-brainer to me. This had to be done, and uh, I'm glad they didn't overcomplicate it and they did what they needed to. I fully agree with that, with all of that. I think that that's spot on. And, um, you know, you look at the edge market, and there's, like, Frank Clark was released by the Chiefs. Is he an option for the Titans? I tend to think they are going to want to get younger. I think they are going to look in the draft, maybe, although you really need to draft offense. You still have Harold Landry, Danico Autry, hopefully Jeffrey Simmons' deal is worked out, and then you can potentially put a guy like Rashad Weaver to Marcus Walker, Mario Edwards Jr., you know, a, a tweener-type thick edge guy to play opposite Harold Landry, someone who can be strong on that side to complement Landry's speed on the other side, assuming Landry still has that speed after his ACL tear. But um, what do you do if you're the Titans at edge to replace Bud Dupree? Do you do what you just said, go sign a cheap free agent to like, you know, rotate in with the group that I just mentioned, or are you looking for a star to line up across from Landry? I think you've got to do both. I think they should draft an edge somewhere between the second and fourth round. Luckily, this is a really good draft for edge defenders, a very deep draft. So I think they can find good value, even if they wait, you know, to the third or fourth round. And they don't have a fourth rounder right now, but, you know, you can always get one on draft weekend. Um, And I think you need to re-sign a guy like Demarcus Walker or, you know, sign an unrestricted free agent. That's kind of in that realm. I think if you run this thing back with, again, Simmons, Autry, um, uh, Landry, Weaver, and then uh, a, a... Resign again, a guy like Demarcus Walker and a draft pick. I think you've got a pretty good group, a pretty effective group uh, that should really apply a lot of pressure on quarterbacks next year. The one I agree with you. The one thing I consider here is just looking at the makeup of the Niners and who knows how much influence Rand Carthon really had on so you know the roster construction there. But their front four is a menacing front four oh. and. Like one of the best, most dominant in the league, obviously starts with Nick Bosa, but all four guys, Eric, the the front eight, it really is. And that, you know, I'm not including like the Fred Warners and the, and the off ball guys in that group, but they have a really deep group that there was a game this past season where all four of their starters missed the game and they won. I think maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure that that happened. I mean, um, between between Bosa and Armstead and uh, Samson Ebucom and, and Charles Omenahu and Kevin Givens, shout out to Kevin Givens, uh, uh, a defensive tackle that's really underrated there. I think is set for unrestricted free agency or exclusive, right? Whatever it is, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that deal. Very good, very underrated player. Um, they've got a ton of guys, and they rotate. You said it; they rotate them in and out of the lineup, and they're always applying pressure to quarterbacks. So if Fran wants to build something like that then they'll have to add multiple rushers uh, this summer. That's what I'm thinking too. And maybe they do try to make a splash and and use this $10 million they save cutting Bud Dupree on somebody else and structure it in such a way that it's a, a, the cap hits are you know further down the line when the cap has gone up and the Titans have more space because they don't have Tannehill on the books or whatever it is. But anyway, I think that that is the planet edge. Let's get to our final story here and the biggest one in my opinion. It was reported today by Mike Silver, I believe, that throughout Combine Week and Weekend, the Titans have been shopping Derrick Henry. And almost the same discussion that we just had about Jeffrey Simmons, like, would the Titans do it two years in a row, trade a superstar guy instead of giving him a new contract? Well, this one isn't instead of giving him a new contract. This is a guy at the tail end of his peak, and and maybe a little beyond his peak, but still a very effective player, do you trade him now while you can still get something for him before he turns 30 years old? Or do you wait till he hits that magic number when he has more tread on the tires, when he could suffer 
another potential injury or just a down season or anything that could happen in 2023. Then you have no value that you could get from trading Derrick Henry. But what even is that value, right? So first, the report the Titans are shopping him. Do you buy it? Quick answer, yes or no? I do. I buy it too. Second, second part of this is what are they sh- trying to shop him for? Because if you get offered like a sixth-round pick from somebody, then you're probably not trading Derrick Henry. But if you get offered like a second-round pick, what do you do? So I guess the question is, should the Titans trade Derrick Henry? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a tough one, right? Like the fan base would be irate. We know what he means to this franchise. We know what he means to the fan base. He is the face of the franchise. He's one of the greatest players in franchise history. He belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Tennessee Titans. And as much as, look, I love the guy and I've loved watching him play, I, I do wonder if there's something there. And, and I do think if they're looking at a rebuild right in the face, and they might be, right? They've cut a lot of veterans this year. Look, all of them needed to go. The Taylor Lewans, the Bud Dupree's, the Robert Woods. But if they are staring a rebuild in the face, I think you've got to consider trading an aging running back, right? That that may be reaching the tail end of his peak or one that we're confident is reaching the tail end of his peak. The sweet spot is what do you get for him? That's where the conversation shifts, right? If you get a second round pick for him, I think you strongly, strongly consider that. For me, a fourth rounder or later is not even worth entertaining, right? That's ridiculous. We're going to hold on. Because this goes beyond what you're... This is the optics as well, right? Like, you can't trade Derrick right. Henry for a fourth-round pick. There are optics involved. A second-rounder is when I think you seriously, seriously consider. I can't imagine they would get a first-rounder. But if they did, I think you'd, you'd have to pull the trigger. The only reason I even mentioned that is because I was a little surprised the Panthers got one midseason for Christian McCaffrey near the trade deadline. I know McCaffrey sort of has this reputation because he catches passes and everyone loves the the dual threat ability, but he was also coming off multiple injuries, right? And and really hadn't been healthy for a full season for a long time. So I'll leave the possibility open that maybe a, a, you know, a desperate team would be willing to part with a first. I think a second is more likely if it's a third, that's sort of the line for me where I'm like, 50 50 like i don't know that i would do it for a third maybe yes maybe no maybe if it's a super early third and it feels like a late second you feel better about it um it kills me to say it it really does because i I, again i I know what this guy means to the franchise what he means to the fan base you'd have every i like I, i told my girlfriend about this earlier today and she was like that's stupid the titans should absolutely never trade derrick henry she's not really a football fan and she was pissed off just hearing uh that it was a possibility um I could understand why it may be entertained, right? Looking at this roster, we all know where this thing is headed or, or what we where we feel it's headed. Um, if you're not competing for another two, three years, really, what's he going to be at 32, right? You, you've probably wasted the final three years of his career. Um, I, I can understand why you'd consider it. I would absolutely consider it. And I say this full well, knowing that the Titans are the same organization who locked Steve McNair out of the building back in what, 2005, 2006, something like that. So they have a history of not necessarily treating their all time greats well. Now, granted, that was a different owner, different GM, different different coach, different everything. So it's not even close to the same, but it is the same organization who have the same fans who will remember that. I'm not saying that that has any implication on how this regime will treat Henry, but it's just. It's in Titans fans' minds that that has happened in the past, I think. Um, but that said, if you can get good value for him, you've got to do it. What is Derrick Henry adding to your 2023? The Titans are not winning the Super Bowl in 2023. And if you think they are, 
I have hope as a fan, but I, I really think you should reevaluate the current state of the NFL and how the Titans fit into it because they are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Derrick Henry's on the last year of his deal. You might as well get something for him before it's too late and use that to rebuild and and take the franchise in a new direction. I think, honestly, you know, in the NFL, offenses sort of grow stale after time. Every two to three years, you hear coaches say this all the time. Every two to three years, you kind of got to reinvent yourself. You got you to gotta look at what you're doing because defenses will catch up to you. And as much as I love Derrick Henry and I love him on the Titans, this version of the Titans offense has peaked and got, started to go down the other side of the mountain. 2019, it almost got them to the Super Bowl. 2020, first-round playoff exit. 2021, first-round playoff exit. 2022, didn't make the playoffs. And one of those was actually a second-round playoff exit, second but first playoff game exit. So you game, know what I'm talking yeah. about. The point is, this version of the Titans has been maxed out and now you can try a new version there's a reason john robinson was fired if they can get a second round pick or i'll throw i'll pitch some teams to you right now teams that could use derrick henry that have a reasonable chance of trading for him buffalo bills pick 28th overall you know there's a difference between like a late first and a early to mid first 28th overall is almost a second round pick what about the eagles 31st overall they already have a pipeline to Tennessee with the A.J. Brown trade. Imagine Jalen Hurts and Derrick Henry in the same backfield. Miles Sanders is a free agent. You know Eagles fans would go crazy over that kind of backfield and that kind of trade. 31st overall, that's basically a second-round pick, right? I mean, and it's technically, what is it, 30th overall because the Dolphins forfeited their pick? So it's really yep. the 30th overall pick. Um, so those are a couple teams. The Cowboys, you know, they're probably going to let Zeke go. They franchise tag Tony Pollard. Might be a bit expensive to have two backs in the backfield, but isn't Tony Pollard the perfect complement to a player like Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, power, power, power. Pollard, speed and elusiveness out of the backfield. I think that there are teams in the NFL that would absolutely do a trade for Derrick Henry and give up a day two pick for him or higher or even higher. And if the Titans get that kind of offer, as much as it'll hurt, you got to do it. Take this franchise in a new direction. See what you can do. See see how you can build around um, a new team because you know Ryan Tannehill's not long for Tennessee either. He he might be gone before twenty twenty three. He might play twenty twenty three out. We'll see how that goes. But regardless, if you do trade Derrick Henry, you got to do it before the draft. You can't do it in like June where you're just like looking ahead to next year and thinking like this pick could be the first pick in the second round or the last pick in the second round because you know I'm I'm sure that when Denver that when Seattle traded for Denver's draft pick, they weren't expecting to pick in the top five, right? And I'm sure that Detroit wasn't expecting their pick from the Rams to be in the top six, right? But you never know how it goes. So I'm saying don't trade for the future pick. Trade for the 2023 pick. But if you can do it, do it. What about the Atlanta Falcons? I haven't seen them mentioned at all. It's an easy fit with Arthur Smith there. Um, I know, you know, Tyler Algier had a pretty good rookie year, but I don't know that it's good enough to, to prevent you from thinking about pursuing Derrick Henry. This is about to be year three of the Arthur Smith, Terry Fonnot regime in Atlanta, AKA put up or shut up. Haven't made the playoffs. Look, they inherited a mess of a situation. I think they had the most dead cap money on the books in 2021 and 2022. Guess what? They're finally entering an offseason where they have financial flexibility. Second most cap space in the NFL. They got like $60 million at their disposal. They can afford to make a splash. They have early draft picks. They've got an early second rounder. Um, I think the Atlanta Falcons are a sneaky franchise. They have to win now or everyone's losing their jobs there. Maybe not Fontenot, but I think Smith 
Um, if they don't make the playoffs three years in a row, I think Smith could be on his way out. I think, yeah. I, you know, you know, he fits the scheme, you know, he fits the offense. You've got uh, Drake London, you've got Kyle Pitts. I, I think Atlanta would be an interesting fit. Package Henry and Tannehill together, send them to Arthur Smith, say, Arthur Smith, recreate what you did in 2019 with a better receiving core because Drake London, Kyle Pitts, well, I don't know if that's better, but probably better than the 2019 Titans receiving core. And Arthur Smith can go have fun with them. Send us the, uh, what do they got, the eighth overall pick? Why not? Why yeah, not do that? I think it's and a, maybe a second two. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's eighth. It's eighth. Um, anyway, I'd be down for it. I, I, like, I'd love to see Henry come back to Tennessee and do it again. But if they can get good value, trade him away. That's that's all I got to say. Anything else before we wrap? Yes, yes. The last point I want to make about this quickly is I've seen a lot. Look, it's it's another rumor. It's another off season rumor getting thrown out there. One thing I found really interesting about this one that sets it aside is number one. This isn't like a no disrespect, but like a that Dov Kleinman page just posting something and it gets life <laughs> of its own. No, this came from Mike Silver, who I think we all agree is fairly connected. And B, he essentially revealed who his sources are in the initial report. He said, current NFL general managers. Of course, he didn't name the GM that said it, but he said, I was told this by current NFL general managers. That makes it sound very factual, right? Like they were just all together at the scouting combine. We know trade discussions happen at the Combine. Just as I said last week, we were going to get news like this. It sounds like a GM that the Titans may have called to talk about Derrick Henry, then may have reached out to Mike Silver and said, hey, you know, this is what happened to me, or this is what happened. Like, to me, again, could a GM have lied? Yes, it's lying season. I I have a hard time figuring out what their motive would have been to you know if you're the gm of the carolina panthers to call mike silver and say hey the titans are shopping Derek." i mean who knows? it could happen but i don't know that you'd lie about that um i don't think mike silver would lie about it it just it does add some credibility to this one for me i just wanted to say this one feels a little different than most of the offseason bs because it's coming from a fairly mm-hmm. legitimate reporter and he flat out said yeah i was told this by current gms we know all 32 GMs were just together. We know lots of trade discussions happen around the combine. This one felt different to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that this is a legit report. Whether or not the Titans do anything about it depends on what other teams offer them for Henry, I think is what that comes down to. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Music City Audible Podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks to the Pharmacy, Burger Parlor, and Beer Garden. Thanks to Broadway Sports Media. Check out Broadway Sports Media. Sign up to become an insider today. Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back next week. Slight schedule change to accommodate free agency week. We are not going to put out a show on Monday night or Tuesday morning, depending on where you get the show. We are going to wait until Wednesday night to tape so that the free agency tampering period can open. We hear about any reported news that the Titans may or may not be signing anyone or guys that we want the Titans to sign that get signed by someone else. We'll see how that goes. And then we'll be back for you late on Wednesday slash Thursday morning with the article on broadwaysportsmedia.com. So look out for us then. That's when we'll be back. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.